You're listening to For the Republic, a love letter to Star Wars animation. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of For the Republic, a love letter to Star Wars animation. We are all back here. It's been a minute. It has been a very hectic August, but now into September, hopefully we'll be getting more episodes out because it's at least for me a bit more stable. Uh, but if you're watching this on video, you might notice, wow, you can see all of our faces for once. We're doing video. Uh, it's actually the three of us and then Professor Hu Yang is here uh as well um how are you today professor i'm very good thanks i want to build more lightsabers though all right perfect uh so i am joined today by hold on let me try to remember uh i forgot the intro that my friend my friend was listening to the podcast the other day i'm the kid he, that always falls oh yeah jake is the kid that falls asleep uh, Don is the guy that does the impressions and has the good opinions, and I'm blanking on Connor. <laughs> uh, I'm happy with those labels, quite frankly. I, I, I will I will take those labels. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take them. I, maybe it was the guy that likes uh, Depo. Oh, it was the guy that likes Depo Balaba. Of course. There we go. That makes sense. So today we're going to be talking about the uh lerman arc of the clone wars of course also known as the ala sakura episodes for uh for connor connor we're going to be uh talking first about the d23 stuff uh and the trailers we got and uh we actually got more than i thought we were going to we got like nothing for disney plus day uh because i think that kind of got overshadowed by something that happened uh in don's area of the world and then yeah for, yeah for certain it's yeah it's been, it's been uh it's been pretty light heavy over here for sure so i think we'll just start with uh d23 before we get into it uh because i haven't had the chance to see it yet has anyone watched the um obi-wan documentary because i have yes no had the time i have not yeah i have seen most of it uh I, well, I think I've seen around half of it, but yeah, it like from what I've seen so far, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. It's it it stirred a lot of emotions in me from what I've seen of it. Every yeah, time I try to watch really it, cool. I get distracted. <laughs> nah, yeah, I, I loved it because the volume stuff that they showed was great. Like, I mean, y'all know me; I hate the volume, but like, it looked awesome in this show. And then, like, I realize now it's like, oh, some of the shots in Kenobi just look bad because whoever was on cinematography loved shaky cam for some reason yeah like i i i do i do get like some of some of that sentiment i do overall like i like some of a lot of the cinematography especially like uh with the vader fight i liked how yeah um, the last i like a lot of it was close up that and, moon like, i just want uh, a name for that moon man i want to know that moon that moon is such a cool place for a jewel it just looks so epic i just i love that place. i love how in the doc too they specifically mentioned the setting that they chose for that battle they wanted it impossible for either of them to be able to get the high ground <laughs> that's like they said that in the doc oh my god that's in there that's hilarious yeah i gotta i, I gotta watch goodness. this i'm so i was gonna watch it last night but i watched uh fellowship of the ring for the first time instead so that was a a life first time you have only i have just seen never seen the fellowship no 
I have seen it's so weird because I've seen the <laughs> Hobbit movies and what? I took a class on Tolkien, but I've never seen the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> and I watched it, and I was like, oh, my wow. life has changed. What oh, a movie. Oh, it gets better. Um, oh, it gets better for sure. I, like that's I mean, what I hear. That's Fellowship what I hear. is an incredible movie but like return of the king it's just like return of the king is like legendary well i mean all three films i was like they are not yeah, to spoil a, a 21 year old movie but i had always assumed that the minds of moria scene with gandalf was like the last scene of the movie and i was like wait no there's another hour left so that was that kind of threw <laughs> me long. off yeah, my only, I didn't watch it. I watched the theatrical cut. I didn't watch the extended version because I didn't watch have four the extended ones. Do we all watch the next. extended versions for Return of the King? Because there's one specific scene that's what that just like I will not say anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah no, no. there you anymore. have to watch the extended version for Return of the King. It, I, it yeah. blows my mind that they took the particular sequence that Connor is talking about out, but yeah, anyway, Star Wars. No, no, there's a scene, yeah. well, like that spoils like something later. Oh, so. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm totally blanking. I was thinking of it. I was totally thinking of it. I'm not going to mention it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, Aragorn no, I'll is my new man crush. That's all I'm going to say. It's the yes. hair. Um, Aragorn rocks. Like Viggo Mortensen. He's so cool. Legolas is, is like, so yeah, cool. Legolas has... is something. Yeah. Um. I, I love Gimli as well, man. <laughs> like, just he's but, like an ang an angry little guy who just loves like uh fighting orcs, and you know, I I respect that. But like Gandalf is obviously the the king for me. Gandalf rules. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The only problem with those movies is, of course, I watched them later than everyone else did. So, of course, I watched Stranger Things before I watched uh, Lord of the Rings. So I just see Sam, and I'm like, ha 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 ha. Oh look, it's that guy from the Goonies. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it's Beaumont Kin. Mary, I don't I can't remember his full name in War of the Rings. Mary Mary Adoc Brandybuck and yeah, Peregrine Took. I think we, that's we, those are the names. We refer to him as Beaumont Kin around here, sir. That's, no. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what we do. So D23. Um, D23. Yeah. Let's talk about that because this is not a Middle Earth podcast yet. This so, is a podcast about Star Wars. Spin-off podcast. So I, I guess so we got three trailers. We got Andor, we got Mando Season 3, and we got uh, Tales of the Jedi, which I thought they were all very, very good trailers. Uh, Andor to me is still like the more and more I see of it, the more I'm like, this might be the best Star Wars show, like, period. Like, it y'all see looks... those shots of the clones, the, the new clones. Shows. Oh my god, oh my so god, good. everyone's still trying to like piece together, like, whether those are like Clone Wars flashbacks or if that's like Imperial era clones. Uh, because... thanks to a black series listing, we can I can confirm. Uh, it's Imperial era, um, yeah. because Ooh. in the wide shot when they're storming down the street, there is this dude basically in like a black trench coat and fancy boots. That is a Black Series figure that just got announced, and it's called Dark Times Imperial Officer. So right, that literally yeah. has to be like in the days after Revenge of the Sith, right? So because I know yeah. like reference books said that like Cassian's family were like separatists, so maybe we'd see mm -hmm. like the opposite side of the Clone Wars in here. I, I feel um, like we're probably going to see the Imperial takeover 
of separatist worlds. Like, I think that's what that would that be really cool. But I can yeah. also see Tony Gilroy just being like, no, no, and then just completely ignoring it. Um, that's what but, Tony Gilroy does. Yeah, but like it, the show looks so good. Like, yeah, I, I'm just blown away. Like all the new characters too. I'm so excited about. It's not just like Cassian and Stellan Skarsgård's character, who I'm blanking on the name, and then uh, Sagarera and Mon Mothma. It's like, it's like something. Yeah, Luthen something. Yeah, Luthen Rail, something. I think, is his name. Luthen Rail, yeah. Yeah, but like it just yeah, Luthen Rail, so that's the name. excited. Uh, and it, it's... Did y'all watch the, the Disney Plus Day clip? I haven't seen it yet, no. Oh, oh it's a, so good. He has a briar pistol. Andor has a briar pistol. That gave me, like, such nostalgia, because I've played... I heard it's the, um, played the same so much of footage they Plus. showed at uh, the, yeah, Rogue the Rogue One, one screenings that I so wasn't able exactly to. It was exactly the same, other than the trailer that they showed at the Rogue One showing, was trailer two from last month, and then the Disney Plus Day special uses the new trailer that they release the same morning but everything else was exactly the same i need to i need to look up her name but like that imperial officer that's in all the trailers so far that seemed to get a lot oh, of oh yeah uh, idra miro i believe is what wikipedia says she looks intense like i am so excited for this show and we have only a, a little bit left i think it's is nine it next days. wednesday yeah, so uh, yeah, yes. nine days. Yes, it is. We will be uh, the three episode premiere. So we will be doing our Andor recaps. I'm like skipping class that day. I don't care. I'm not. Going I took to off campus. work. <laughs> I'm gonna have to hope that I am not scheduled because I still have no access to my work schedule uh, right now. So bucks, bucks. Yeah, really. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's hope because we we got long stuff to record. Three episodes. Oh my god, knowing how we function, that's gonna be like a six hour episode. Yeah, we're gonna have to be very disciplined with that episode. I said, also, also, I have to read out the Wikipedia entry, like the Wikipedia listing for uh, that Imperial officer. So her name is Dedra Nero, and she's literally just described as a high ranking Imperial officer who does not like Andor. (laughs) That's that's it, Very, very helpful. Uh, well, I mean, at least we know that she... I'm guessing she's going to be the main antagonist of the season. Yeah, I would think. But I am At so least hyped. for season one. Like, well, yeah, there's her good. and there's Cyril, uh, played by Kyle Soller, who is, like, who's from Poldark. Uh, well, like, the first two seasons of Poldark. So he seems like another villain. He's appeared, I think, in the other trailers. And I think they also have um, uh, an actor from Game of Thrones, the actor who played... Uh, I can't remember the I can't remember the maester that succeeds Pycelle, um who helps. Uh, yeah, but they have that guy. They've got uh, Fiona Shaw as yeah, Martha, and I, I think her name is Andor as well. Like her surname is Andor. So she's related to Cassian. Hmm. I think that last trailer confirmed through through the subtitles. But yeah, like Andor just looks so good. Like it, it looks, looks great. Well, we also I know from the leaked like, the costume design sheet they have First Order Security Bureau. Oh yes, ISB. So, I'm almost wondering if the chick from all the trailers that I already forgot her name. Um, I wonder if she's going to be functioning through ISB in some uh, way. That would yeah, be, that would be cool. especially if like especially if like Callus somehow like showed up because it would it Callus or Yularen. 
Oh, oh, that would be oh, I'd, that would I'd be love really to see, cool. I'd love to see Amrily Yalarin. That would. I don't be know really who cool. they would cast as Yalarin, but I picture like Sam Elliott for some reason. Like it's a completely different voice Ooh. than Tom Kane. That would kind of like, work. The appearance. I'd, I'd be kind of down for Sam Elliott as well, Amrily I mean, Yalarin. Yalarin was in A New Hope, so he we have a, a Hope, live yeah. action casting to sort of go off of. I mean, we're I think what like fifteen years. Not 15, 10 years. Is that what it is? 10 years? This is five years before Rogue five One. Five years? Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, not that and then the whole that. the show is going to progress uh, until the events of Rogue One. But no, yes, I like just love. Two is going to literally cover, a few like, days four before. Years. Like, Tony yeah. Gilroy literally just told us. Like, yeah, he said what of... the last shot is. Yeah, he's like, he's just going to be on the tarmac and he's going to meet Tevik. Like, yeah. This man's spoiled. This man's like. This man's just spoiling. like. Let me just tell you everything that happens. In this and you show. know what's insane is how much he's telling us about it and how little we actually know compared yeah. to everything else that has released. It's because there's, there's so no many leaks. episodes. There's so many episodes as well. Yeah. I mean, the, now, there was that think, report. There was that think, report about Obi Wan. There is. There is. There was that rumor that Obi Wan might appear in it. I feel like, like that was just I, a rumor. I, though. It's I so far fetched. It's so far fetched. But like, if that happened, I would be. I, would be probably like, just I don't see Gilroy him. including him just because he's like, yeah, I don't fucking like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, he's maybe like, they he's just like had to like, hit, like be like, oh yeah, that's be. someone else, and then they like dub Obi Wan like over. Yeah, in, like they're like, ADM. all right, Tony, so we're gonna put this random guy in the shot. Is that okay? He's like, I don't know who the fuck that is. Sure, and Ewan's just like, hello, <laughs> hello there. <laughs> would be perfect, but no, like I love the the political thriller like aspect and like the spy aspect of the show like really intrigued me it's the same stuff that like i was really hyped for with uh secret invasion i mean we're not going to be mm. talking about the marvel stuff but like that was the thing that like overwhelmingly like i was excited about uh that they showed off at, for the marvel stuff it, it gave the same vibes for me uh and i'm just so excited for this show i think it's gonna be great my one question is because it's gonna be like longer like episode wise do you think it's gonna be like Kind of like She-Hulk length for the episodes, or do you think they're going to be uh, like... The run times for the first three episodes are all in between. They, I think they said it was 38 and 48 minutes. All three episodes Ooh. are in between there. So on the shorter side, but like we're getting 12 episodes, so I'm not mad. Okay. I'm just like yeah. trying to picture like how much, like how long it's going to take for me to watch all of these episodes. <laughs> and then <laughs> we'll have to come on here and talk about them. But yeah, no, Andor yeah. looks... Uh, amazing. Uh, before we get into the other ones, the one things that well, there's a couple things. Uh, first of all, Bad Batch officially got delayed. Uh, I think January third or fourth is the, the fourth. new fourth two episodes. Yeah, um, fourth two episode premiere. Why? And now it's like, gonna cross over with Mando unless that yeah. got delayed. Well, oh, that's they, they, it delayed. was February 2023. Now it's just streaming 2023. So Mando's well, probably well, getting pushed a, to celebration. A Hollywood Reporter did put an article out, and like maybe they just don't know, but they did say like February 2023. So I feel like if Mando gets delayed, it's going to just be because of scheduling conflicts and not because of the show. Because from what we've heard, it's done. Like, yeah, it's done. Other than the scoring, only I, I think. I think because I was watching, um, I don't remember who I was watching, but they were like, oh, I could see Mando getting pushed because Favreau might not want any like direct competition mm. like for Mando, which I can see. But like everything's getting pushed right now, and we know that like there's a lot coming. So that's going to like 
push everything. Yeah, who knew who knew that pushing Andor back three weeks would just mess everything up like this? Because Bad Batch <laughs> spring 2022, huh? Like that was the original date we were given. Uh almost a year later. Uh and I'm guessing this was always when they expected Tales of the Jedi to come out. So they're like, all right, what are we gonna push? This or Bad Batch. That and was like, the original because... rumor, I think, that it was like fall 2022. Yeah. And it's like, all right, so it's like, well, this we're going to drop at once. Bad Batch is 16 episodes, so we'll push Bad Batch. And I'm just like, I would have loved a Christmas release or just something like or like mm. December. But it is what it is. January is, it is, it's it's fine. I'm kind of shocked. Like, Obi-Wan, I thought season two was a long shot or at least something. But maybe it's still too early for that. I am surprised we got nothing Book of Boba Fett related. So maybe yeah. this means that we're not getting the season two. two. I think that that's confirmation that the show's dead. Yeah, I feel. I feel, I feel like, like that maybe is it. I feel like Boba Fett's probably just going to get folded back into the Mandalorian. Like he's probably going to show up in this season and like get because we know Mando is going back to. Tatooine, Tatooine because, yeah. because and we know they're pretty decent bodies, so it's like it makes yeah. sense. I feel like, like they makes... would have showed him in the trailer though if they were going to use him, like they showed Bo-Katan. Yeah, but I feel like that's they want to keep Boba's inclusion as like a surprise, maybe like mm. to have, or maybe, or maybe they will give Boba Fett a rest for the, for the season because he's been kind of ever present really for the last like you know he was had a large role in season two and then like well fairly large role in season two and then had his own show so maybe he will get a rest or maybe he'll be like a regular in series three this is probably a good time to talk about mando actually yeah we can yeah we can transition to mando uh to me i think this looks like it's going to be the best season of the show by, like, far. by far probably yeah yeah hey <laughs> uh, that yep that's it that's yeah. fucking yeah. babu freak i want to punk that little freak. motherfucker I have seen some people say that it's not Babo Frick, that it's just another Anzella. No, I don't think it, it is. Because there's well, the shot from the first trailer where there's three Anzellas. Exactly. That's what so, made me think it's not Babu Frick. It's it's maybe maybe his dad think, or like... Yeah, I think that like they're a, just turning them into like a mechanic race or something like that. <laughs> Which Like they're the, the new Jawas. Yeah. That would be rather funny. Like maybe like a Jawa just like comes in while Mando is talking to the Anzellans and just like fumes because he knows he's, he's and he like, punched them. Out. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, what is this? I want to see Grogu. I want to see Grogu and Babu Frick getting a like a little fight. I yeah, like 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 Grogu him. wants to get involved in the fight, and Mando just like goes no, <laughs> and then he's just like standing in the corner, like just doing that. Could you imagine the Grogu side. puppet squaring up like? Speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of Kenobi, hold on, real quick. Hey, this is ter- nice. this is terrible uh, podcast my... material, but I have my little black series one somewhere. I don't know where the hell she is. Oh, it's still talking. That's kind of creepy. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I think the trailer looked really cool. I loved that shot of all the Mandalorians jumping out of that ship on yeah. tomorrow. Like it, it looks so cool uh i'm still like like i'm in the trailer so yeah yeah you are are in the trailer yeah are they gonna mess up navarro that's the worry isn't it like are they gonna like it's been getting too nice it's yeah yeah. which is so sad if navarro gets messed up that will be so sad because like i love that they've had this kind of transition each season to it getting nicer and nicer because i I thought that was uh batu 
when I first saw the the the, mm-hmm. the grainy leaked footage from Celebration, I was like, oh, now that's, there that's is still fire. the rumor that Mando is going to Batu, which I don't know if they just got that mixed up. If someone saw maybe, the leaked footage of Navarro, or if he actually maybe it's is, like, because that's probably maybe it's, it's probably mixed up because like there is the there is the news that he's going to show up in the park actually. Yeah, in the park. Yeah, yeah, like that's yeah. probably they are, is, maybe maybe that's that. why he is going to yeah. be at in Batu this season. I can see it happening. Um, my, I'm wondering, like, do you think Bogotan's going to be like the villain of this season, or, or are they just going to be not. like tense? No, to, I to think... be honest, I was worried about it, but yeah. now that I've seen the trailer, I'm actually a little bit more thinking that she will be. I think she'll be more of an anti-hero type, where she won't be completely sympathetic because I, I feel like John Favreau is digging into more of her like origins as like a straight-up villain, mm. but at the same time. Like she refers to like the the children of the watch as a cult. She like literally she says to Bando, you know, your cult fractured our people. And so maybe She's what we're gonna wrong. get maybe what we're gonna get is more of a deep dive into Mand- into like the Mandalorian history in between uh the prequels and the original trilogy, and we're gonna see just the harm that this kind of cult, this their the, this is the way ideology kind of wreaked on mandalorian culture and help divide them which would be really cool especially because you dive no that definitely feels like the route that they're taking though especially with like the stuff that the armorer is setting up and we know that she's going to be in the season more so i feel like the armor and bo-katan are going to be like the two sides kind of tugging at din like to kind of get him to do what with mandalorian because like devil he's the ruler of one of them has horns on their helmet i'm just saying yeah no no i know but like i wouldn't necessarily say Bo-Katan's It's kind of like a devil and a devil, I feel like, because you have the cult leader or you have the other cult leader who used yeah. to be a terrorist who helped the good guys. And, mm. Yeah. And then but you like, also I mean, have, in prison, you have Moff Gideon, who might also right. be trying to pull some strings uh, in Well, we know so. he's coming back because John Carlo was just like, oh, I'm doing more Mendo stuff. And we're like, yeah, and, and we us. saw, yeah. and we also saw Connor we're trying to in the hide trailer. Him in the trailer but... We also yep. saw yeah, Connor in, in the trailer, trailer, like getting ready to, yeah. to break him out. Connor like, and Big Buff Imperial Lady. I love her. Like, With way, two to, way to bury too. the lead, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, this must have been filmed last year then. Yeah. So pre detachment. So, yeah. So, I mean, you didn't tell us that you were filming the season. So, I mean, you've done pretty well with. Uh, not I also anything. thought that Katie O'Brien like died in the season two. Yeah, right I now. thought she was dead. I, I thought totally she was dead. As well. I could have sworn she died. I like thought there like I think it was like I can't remember who shot like an Imperial officer that like dropped, and I thought it was like Katie O'Brien. I'm like, oh yeah, she's dead. Then she just shows up here, and I'm like, yeah. Glad maybe I'm it's wrong. like a Fennec situation where they just like gave her robot. Oh, they parts. fixed her her organs. Yeah. Nah, I can't so. wait for the explanation explanation as to why uh Cara Dune is suddenly dead. I was gonna bring that up. I'm like, are they just gonna have like an offhand remark? Like, yeah, what happened to that uh other person? I would it's love like, oh, it. Yeah, I, it would be really died. funny if they just never mentioned it. No, oh, I they, really they will not. I honestly don't think they will mention it. I don't it. think I that think they, they will, will either, but I really hope that um grief Karga is just like Oh yeah, you know she like went to this planet that she got told not to go to, and uh, they said if you go there you'll die. And she said, "No, I know my rights." And then she goes there and dies. <laughs> I did kind of but find I did find I it really funny when the Mandalore when the one uh, Return of the Mandalorian happened, and like there was that little bit of just like exposition about like what happened, 
after the season two finale that she wasn't mentioned. I was like, I thought it was going to be mentioned, like even just in a line, but nothing. And I'm glad, and I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Oh, same, same. I'm she, fine with she it. Can go away. I mean, yeah. that's all I care about. Um, she is a but... master class in how to not fuck up. That's all. I, that's all I'll say. Like, yeah. Imagine you're about to get your lead show on Star Wars, and then a couple months later, you're working for fucking Ben Shapiro, and you're like, and you're acting alongside <clears throat> Lawrence Fox, like, ugh. and like, you're the, you were gonna like probably like I'll never forget one, I'll never forget the rumors of like, oh yeah, Rangers of the New Republic, Harrison Duel is gonna replace Cara Dune, and like, which makes a just, lot more sense now that we know that Hera's in Ahsoka. Yeah, Maybe and it's just like I'll never forget. Stuff. Like everybody on my timeline was like, "This is the upgrade of the century, right here." Oh, I was one of them. <laughs> I just had a horrible thought of Gina Carano playing Harrison Dula. No, just, oh. uh, <laughs> nah, nah. Shut off the stream. We're done. We're yeah. done. It's I, over. I think as For a the joke, Republic because there were all those done. people saying, like on that side, saying that uh, Gina Carano should have uh, been cast as She Hulk. So I think as a uh, gag, they should have Tatiana Maslany play Cara Dune in just <laughs> one scene in Mando season three, just to piss them off. Um, but I, I, I also just love like the different like color like Mando armors that we saw in this trailer. Yeah, and that I was just, cool. I think I think it's going to be really cool. And yeah, Mando's already got some followers. Like that's kind of sick. Yeah. Do we think it, Sabine's going to be in this yep. one? I think okay. just Probably. one episode. Uh, yeah, yeah well, I think Fa it's said something about Ahsoka and saber duels. Was that for this, or was that Ahsoka. for Ahsoka? Actually, Ahsoka. That was okay. for Ahsoka. It's Ahsoka. They, yeah. yeah, which has me thinking Barris is going to turn up and she's going to get a redemption. Because she's got to like someone. That would be okay. fucking nuts. I also say Barris, but this is the other thing because my brother suggested this to me: Star Killer. Nah, I'll see it. <laughs> Dave's not that stupid. Uh, I, could, I feel like I, if they're gonna do Starkiller, he's gonna be an Inquisitor. Yeah, I yeah. think he'll be the first brother, and he'll be like he could be the remnant, the last remaining Inquisitor who's like holed up in Mount Tantis. Because I feel like they are gonna need at least one Dark Sider, uh, to to bolster up Thrawn, so that he's ready mm. to like sort of make his. Because otherwise, they'll have to kind of like maybe rely too heavily on those salamanders that he uses in the books, even even if if they use them at all. But like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I do think to see we're eventually going to get characters like Starkiller and like Mary Jade back in canon. I just think they're going to be in different areas of the timeline. I think oh, they're going to just try to do them differently. Yeah, I, I think, think we're getting like Mara Jade with Luke. I feel like that. Yeah, I think we'll get Mara Jade now. eventually, but I, I think Luke is just not going to be related to her character at all. Uh, I could see her maybe being like one of like Ray's students if they want to go like completely mm. different. Or maybe move her to like old Republic or like High Republic timeline, uh, but nah, old I mean, Republic. We'll I don't see. want her touching High Republic. All right, maybe Acolyte. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Acol we'll Dude, see. speaking of Acolyte, like the oh cast. that casting, yeah, cast. we've got to talk Fucking about the casting. Fire. Oh my god, my guy from so Squid good. Game. Th this whole show looks like we fantastic. got Rain Roberts as one. Like for those that don't know, Rain Roberts is a Lucasfilm Story Group member, but she's co developing the acolyte and it's just like i can't wait man i'm so excited we also got to see the first shot of jude law on skeleton crew yeah did That's they say right. the show was already done filming yeah i, I think it is yeah That's or it's very close to like that show's coming out 
next year, I think. Bef- yeah, I would say I, this time next year, if not slightly earlier, probably August. What What also, do you think we're going to get first? Cool. Do you think we're going to get Skeleton Crew first, or do you think we're going to get Ahsoka first? Skeleton Crew. I think Ahsoka as well. Well, they're uh, not even done not... shooting Ahsoka though. They still have, I think. I think they said at the panel. I think they said they have two months left of shooting. I need so to I wouldn't see Ahsoka that. coming out until quarter one, twenty twenty four, probably. So what is next? What have they said so far for next year? Mando, Visions, Skeleton Crew, Young Jedi, and Ahsoka, right? Or am I missing one? And Bo, not uh, Bo, but Bad Batch now. Yeah. Oh yeah, unless of course yeah, they announce is, anything else year, else yeah. at next year's celebration, which is probably what they're saving the majority of their announcements. Yeah, yeah. I feel like is gonna be like the like if it comes out twenty twenty three, like I feel like Ahsoka is gonna be like Europe's version of what Kenobi was. I yeah. think that's gonna be Mando now. I think because oh, of Bad Batch, I think they're pushing sense. Mando to celebration. That would make sense. That does because that would draw actually, in the that on. would draw. Do we know how many seats. episodes Mando season three is? I don't I think th- they've I said. Know. It's probably going to be eight, it. like the other yeah. seasons, is my guess. But that would also be would two and a half it. years uh, yeah. in between season two and season three. So that would be kind of crazy. That would. Be, uh, that would yeah, be I don't nuts. think I've said. Okay, yeah. if Mando comes out the last week of February, the last episode will be the week of celebration. All right, so that might be that would be insane if they streamed the Mando finale at Celebration. Yeah. Oh, especially God, because be cool. you know that that finale is going to set up a bunch. Of, it's going to set up Skeleton Crew, Ahsoka. If on the off chance they're doing Boba Fett season two, it's going to set that up probably. Like, mm. because they love like doing some kind of connecting thing. They love the, the, the connecting in the Mandoverse. Uh, but we also, got one more thing. Oh. Go also, uh, just before we like move on, uh, I'm calling it Jude Law is playing Lux Bonteri. He that that photo of him because I thought he was going to be an Imperial officer, but that shot of him, he's like he's got kind of like sort of roguish look on there with the jacket and the scarf. How much so. of this show is Dave involved in? I know that it's still produced and written by John, but is have they said like is Dave doing much of anything with it? I feel I know, like is, yes. John is John watched the showrunner, or is he just directing the episodes? He, he created it, like it was his okay. idea. Well, yeah, because so, John Favreau said that he, that that John John Watts pitched him that whilst mm-hmm. uh, whilst they were working on no, Spider Man No Way so, Home. So this is, is more Watts so and not Favreau, or is this yeah, Watts? Like okay. Yeah, Watts like, like created the premise of the show, but they did say that John is, I think, like co writing or something, and he's producing the whole thing. Okay, I could have okay. sworn John was just producing because, like, no, I, I thought I heard that he was like co-writing with Watts to connect it all because Watts's idea was so like separate from everything else, but they wanted to tie it into the Mando stuff. Because the rumor was High Republic at first, and then it mm-hmm. got moved to the Mando timeline. Uh, but yeah, uh, speaking of Lux Bonteri, though, uh, kind of a segue into Tales of the Jedi. Some people think he showed up in this trailer, uh, in the oh, funeral. In the funeral? Scene. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, oh. That, oh, those shots, like Ahsoka at the funeral, like that. She doesn't like, have the tube top anymore. Oh, oh fuck the tube top! I'm so glad that new costume is so sick. It's Dude, so like, sick. I love that they have gone back and revised the season one and season two costumes. I because each yeah. each costume looks way They're improved. Like 
Anakin's Anakin now looks uh like nineteen in those shots, like he's mm-hmm. or like twenty. Like he looks a lot younger, which I think is really cool because it does. Kind yeah, of they completely redid. From what I can tell, it looks like the only models that stayed the same that I saw in those trailers were Plo Koon's model in the background of the one shot and Rex's Phase Two model. Those were the only two, and like I, y'all know, I'm the sucker for this kind of shit. I did like a deep dive, like examining all the new models, and those were the only two that looked like they had no changes at all. Like all the Phase One clones had new models. Rex had a completely new Phase One model. Obi Wan's model was 100% different. Anakin's yeah, model was 100% arms. different. Yeah, yeah, because Obi Wan's now. I remember like it's always kind of been like I know for me, like I'm all involved in like the Black Series customizing community on Instagram, and a lot of people are constantly like, "Oh, Obi Wan's armor in Clone Wars is just clone arms," and other people are like, "No, they're different. They're like you have like the attached elbows and the cutouts and the whatever." But like this new model just shows that it's just clone armor. Yeah, um, so it's like a nice mix of the 2003 right. uh, costume, uh, mm-hmm. which I recently got to look at in all of its like Black Series glory, and also like the, but, the 2008 series. Yeah, yeah but the Plo Koon model has the old style arms, so I think that confirms that the Jedi that just used the forearm gauntlets, that is its own armor attachment that isn't clone armor. So I think that's, like, I love... Mm. A lot of the changes they made but they did give the phase one clones first order undersuits with like the uh horizontal ribs and i'm just looking at that and i'm like oh why did you guys do that maybe just to tie in with the like the revised look that they gave them in, in uh that book of boba fett and, and obi-wan so to just just try well, and like, in obi-wan they make- used the prequel style like cloth undersuits it was only book yeah. of boba fett it has the ribbed look because on set those were first sort of stormtrooper costumes that they cgi'd clone armor onto i still right, think that's right. so weird that is yeah, so it weird. is i feel like it's probably it had to just be some last minute thing that they shot in like a closet like cgi'd over it uh, but like character theme. models we should maybe discuss like the the sixth brother uh, making his oh like, my uh, god, yeah, it looks, it's looks a cool weird. mask, it's a dope yeah, mask, cool. it looks really weird for an inquisitor, mask. yeah, it doesn't look inquisitor at but all. But apparently, EK like Johnston Sticky. said that that's not the sixth brother, but like, oh. so is this not from the Ahsoka book? I don't know, I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe, maybe See, Ahsoka's be... just taking out clo- uh, inquisitors left and right, that would be cool, though, or David just retconning that book again. Or they maybe yeah, aren't even yeah. contradicting the, the novel. Maybe they are. Maybe they have just done this this uh, Inquisitor as like a new character. Although she doesn't look like she has lightsabers. Uh, I will say spoiler- though, too, about retconning novels. I know we were all kind of freaking out about them possibly retconning Master and Apprentice by having Dooku still be in the Jedi Order right up until Attack of the Clones. But that fight scene that they showed just confirms that it's not because Dooku still has black hair. Yeah, I don't mm, think so. they're gonna like. Well, there, there's the people are speculating that Dooku might kill Yaddle while he's mm. younger, but Yaddle's in Phantom Menace, so how would right. that work? I would assume it it has to take place right after Phantom. Menace. Right after Phantom Menace, I feel like okay. it has to be. So Dooku's like, probably Duke's out probably... of the point, but like yeah, right, Dooku probably the leaves order. the order right before Phantom Menace does all this Sereno shit, but then obviously he's still operating out of Coruscant with Palpatine, and then Yaddle finds 
the hideout and Dooku's there and is like, ah, oh, man, I didn't want to have to kill you, but now I have to. Yeah, because like she's I mean, she. If you look at the background, she Yaddle is clearly uh, in mm -hmm. the uh, secret base that that you see at the end of Attack of the. Clans, I didn't notice Dooku, that the first time I watched Dooku, it. And then yeah. I saw the it's it's the door, the kind of door with the jagged like metal teeth. That's what kind yeah, of yeah. They're in the with. hangar bay. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So maybe maybe Dooku will kill Yaddle or probably no. That's gonna probably happen. That's gonna happen. I feel like he does because she's not mentioned any other time after Phantom Menace. I yeah. mean, it would track because it would maybe make him think like there's he, that make him arrogant random enough. ass mention in Fallen Order that Grease says, but other than that, nothing. Uh, I mean, yeah. she's in Lego Skywalker. So like him, it would track with him basically, like thinking he thinking he can beat Yoda because he seems that's true so confident in Attack of the Clones that he can take Yoda on. And I feel like, well, if he if he beat Yaddle in a duel, and she if she's such a skilled master, he would probably think, oh yeah, I could take Yoda, no problem. Yeah, this isn't my expert. When did she die in Legends? Was it during the Clone Wars or was it before Attack of the Clones? Oh, I just rewound the trailer. Actually, she is oh. totally fighting Dooku in that trailer. Yeah. Well, like, I, so I think she mystic. died during Order sixty six in the Legends, but I'm not one hundred percent sure. Okay. Let's see what Wikipedia I do know that says. in both Legends and Canon, after Phantom Menace, she stepped down from the Council, though. Okay. She's and then took like a it. less active Jedi Master role or something like that. Yeah. Um. But like, again, the I hope that they continue this and like each season focuses on like different aspects of the Jedi Order and it's not just mm -hmm. one six episode so Clone Wars Jedi thing because it has so much potential. Uh, I've already I, seen people saying like, oh, for season two, we should get three Kit Fisto episodes and then three like Sacy Tin episodes. And I'm like, no, no, go to other High eras, Republic. please. High Republic, please. Yeah, yes, High Republic. Republic. High Republic, Luke's Ray. Jedi Order, Ray's Jedi Order, like go yeah, back, exactly. Old Republic even, like just do cool shit with this show. Exactly. If, if the Dark next season has more episodes, like by Jedi all means, you can do. Oh, yeah. Jedi Leia would be awesome. Jedi I mean, Leia interacting with Obi-Wan's Force Ghost. There's so much like it can be besides just like Dave Filoni got bored on a plane once, wrote six episodes, and just said, All right, we're making this. Uh I mean, I can't blame him. I mean, I mean we all yeah. do that. We all right, like, yeah, we, we all do that with our with our, you know, <laughs> original characters. But like yeah. Dave, we don't need Ahsoka in every single second of the Star Wars universe, please. I'm begging you, stop. Her stories look like it, I, I've kind of memed it like that zoomed in baby Ahsoka thing uh, that we see. But oh, like, the emote now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, though, all of those uh, shorts look great. And I'm yeah. so like excited to see that. I know the one that they said, like, her as like really, really young because they screened it at Celebration and said it's like very, like, quiet, like, very little dialogue. I'm very interested in watching that one. And then the Dooku ones really intrigued me too, because we're gonna get young and old Qui Gon Jinn, which of course, like I I'm all there for that. And I, I just want to see young more. Young Qui Gon's being Dooku. played by Liam's son. That's so yeah, cool. that's, that's such so a cool, cool detail. Like yeah, I um I gotta say I watched all. So I was at a friend's um just friend's party for something because he invited me. I watched all three of those trailers, and none of them surpassed the elation of what i did at one of, at the party which was um they had can jam set up oh I don't the know. can jam story yeah um oh god 
And for those who don't know what Can Jam is, basically it's this game where these two um these two can these two like cans uh over there's an open overhead and there's a slot. And so basically you throw you throw a frisbee and the goal of the game is to score 21 points. And so all right. Um basically he got the <laughs> frisbee ready to grab. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna uh demonstrate if you're if you're just listening to it i recommend watching it this is yeah basically i'm gonna say my wall here my wall here is the um is what would be the can is the metaphorical can if i um if i throw the if i throw the frisbee offline and um let's say jake's my teammate he redirects it and it hits the can and the redirected frisbee hits the can what You're probably, you're probably pretty good at it. I don't know. Oh, I'm um, sure I would be. I'm so good at everything. Redirects yeah. and hits the can. It's one point. If you hit directly hit the can, it's two points. If you throw it overhead and they hit it into the overhead, it's a, like a basket. It's three points. But if you get it into the slot, it's pretty much an instant win. And, like, this is, argu- this is definitely my best moment in Can Jam. We were playing one game, and it was just the start. And... I said to my friend who was right next to me, who was a, um, who was my, um, not my teammate. He was on the other team. I just say to him, I'm like, Oh, it'd be really funny if I slotted it on the first try. And basically that means if I like get it in the slot and win it, I fucking throw it and I slot it on the first try. (laughs) Whoa. How did we just go on a three-minute can jam tangent? Well, because he said, yeah, these trailers are good, but let me tell my can jam story real quick. Can jam, by the way, invented in my realm of the woods. So, I mean, this is is some hometown pride right here. Um, Western New York. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Ahsoka at Padme's funeral, but I think the can jam story uh, kind of... You can't no, top the, the can jam story. I can't yeah, top the you... can jam story. No, no, we have to like, stop the, the reason... podcast again now. Yeah. This is the second time now. We should have yeah. just ended I mean, the I just think that we're not going to top that. I, I just think it's so heartbreaking <laughs> because, one, the fact that Ahsoka was at Padme's funeral, and two... The things oh. people are saying, like Ahsoka definitely went to try to find Anakin, and this is her like confirmation in her oh, mind that no. he died in Order sixty six. Oh. And I'm like, you motherfucker! But <laughs> it is, yeah, I hate it. I um, like it. So yeah, it tells the Jedi. Cool, Nick definitely like likes it. it because pain. I think. I think. I yeah, Jake. Yeah, but I pain. think. We, uh, I think when we eventually. <laughs> Discuss Tales of the Jedi. We'll do. Dude, one we're probably going to finish for... Tales of the Jedi before Clone Wars. Oh, definitely. Like, Absolutely, we are. Yeah. We're getting all six episodes in one day. I'm like, taking the day off I think we're going to. We're not even going to finish season one of Clone Wars. I, I, we got. We got. We got three episodes left. I think in we season can finish one season this. one. Yeah, by, by the end arcs, of October, yeah. we, have, we have three arcs left. We don't have three, three episodes left. Well, we have, we're on we, like episode 18, aren't we? Yeah, and, and the next episode is just 14. one episode. So okay. it's hard to say we're almost done with season one because really like half the episodes we've talked about were from seasons two about. and three. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, That's so it's like, we already watched Hidden Enemy and like we, I think we got Trespass next and then mm. Blue Shadow Virus and then... 
Peppy Bo, baby. Peppy Bo. But yeah, uh, when we get to Tales of the Jedi, I think we'll do one episode on the Ahsoka stories, one episode on the Dooku stories. uh, So we don't cram six episodes into one podcast because no. Uh, But yeah, now that we've had the open discussion of what we're going to do for the show on air, (laughs) let's actually talk about the Clone Wars now. We haven't Uh, even spoken about Ezra. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fuck Clone Wars. Let's talk about let's talk about this thing uh, that Jake oh and Connor God. have been hiding from us for three, four months. Um, Since celebration, that's yeah. all we can say. We're not allowed so, to say anything else. Yeah. yeah. What what's the what's his name again? I'm, I'm Iman Esfandi. Okay, sweet. Uh, he looks like Ezra, especially like those oh photoshopped God. images of like older Ezra with like the beard. I think and I've long connected hair. the dots as to how he actually got cast. He starred in one of Roberto Rodriguez's movies from 2018. Oh, I believe. Right. That's right. Yes. So, yeah, that's Dude, probably Jake how Dave Bartok found out. It was um, like fan yo. art of of as, as Ezra and Sabine. Iman that was as great. Ezra and Natasha as Sabine, and it's like, whoa. Yeah, If you wonderful podcast listeners want Jake Bartok for the Republic Pod commissioned art, donate now because we're <laughs> all broke and that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, or it's either that or Jake Sirocco commissioned for the Republic art. It's one of the and two. I just got commissioned for multiple other Star Wars editor pieces today, so good luck with that, Andrew. Yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> the SWEF has taken over. Um... But no, I mean, assuming that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is Hera, like I, I am, these new castings are really working for me. Like, yeah, it's always a bummer that we're not going to get the the voices behind these characters to, to play them in live action. But they're they're working for me so far. I just hope yeah. that Lars Mikkelsen is Thrawn. I same. I, really I still want hope. Lee Pace as Thrawn. I see cool. Lee Pace sounds tempting. Ooh. He First, for me though, uh, Pierce Brosnan is temp- is also tempting. But there's also like uh, another I feel like actor, he's more like Legends Thrawn. Yeah, but there's also like another actor, um, who whose name I am totally blanking on. Who was in a Discovery of Witches? I'm literally googling his name now. I don't know who that is. Uh, Not Lee Pace though. Matthew like good. we know he looks good as Blue. He that? would be a good. F- uh, so Matthew. Okay, do you remember the 2009 Watchmen film? Yes. Have you seen it? He was Ozymandias. Yes. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be bad. Yeah, no, Brian Cranston as no Grand Admiral Walter White. Brian Cranston would make a, would be a really good Star Wars villain. Like <laughs> just James like, Corden is, is. All right, I'm yeah. Oh, right, no, I'm right, out right, of no. Marvel. I no. out of the Marvel fan book and just say Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, they cast him as everybody. So I know he's already Moff Gideon, but he's also he's already Thrawn Gideon, and then he turns into Thrawn in Mando season three, yep. and then yeah, um, they do, I'm actually Grand Admiral Thrawn, and they'll be oh surprise, like um, a Scooby Doo mask. They just like pull it's oh like Red God. Skull. They like pull yeah. Giancarlo's real face off, and then it's just like him, but blue underneath. Blue. We got to take <laughs> his little contact lenses out so his eyes turn red again. <laughs> yeah. oh James Corden yeah. is dead. And oh, Thrawn. Uh, no. All right. Yeah. Okay. I don't even want to. I don't even no. want to think about it. No. <laughs> just, just don't let James Corden. Like, I'm happy to just 
stick can to the like. Can we just talk about the other story. blue person who had two episodes of a clone who had who were who was in two uh, Clone Wars episodes? So yes, yes, yes Clone yeah. Wars time. So time for Clone Wars. Time yes. for Clone Wars. So Jedi Crash, our first episode, was directed by Rob Coleman, and it was the first episode of Clone Wars written by Katie Lucas, which is uh pretty cool. Obviously, George Lucas's daughter. The moral of the episode is greed and fear of loss are the roots that lead to the tree of evil. Uh, so, Connor, this is this is your time, buddy. You have the floor. Ayla Sakura. Okay, I do have to say, actually, I do have to say, uh, Ayla Sakura is no longer my Star Wars wife. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're saving that for this episode. That huh? honor now that honor now goes to Harrison Dula. Mm. So you mean I've been waiting for this moment for months and, and you just hit us with that? Yep. We've literally been talking show. about this since we started the pod. Like, oh, can't wait to get to the Ayla episodes. Connor's gonna go crazy. Then we finally get to him, and Connor's like, no, nah, I'm sorry. Like moving the goalposts. <laughs> sorry, right I don't know why I made you to, sound like until that. Until we get to Ahsoka. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. No, no, but like I genuinely forgot like how insightful some of Ayla's lines are like I just did not remember most of what she said like there's uh she referenced Quinlan I remember that I went crazy at that shit she yeah. didn't actually say his name but I loved hearing her talk about her her own master like mm -hmm. I, I it was only after I finished watching Clone Wars that I that I learned that Quinlan Voss was her master and I just think that's like it's just such a cool yeah. thing when you know just who she's referring to but yeah, I, I loved yeah. Uh, seeing Ayla here, and I, I loved her conversations with Ahsoka. It, I kind of like when Ahsoka's talking with Ayla about like the Jedi's uh, no attachments rule. I, I almost kind of felt like that was Katie Lucas kind of like having a conversation with her dad about like the whole methodology of the Jedi, because it really feels like uh, a lot of the a lot of the script that that she has written really kind of like puts a lot of her own kind of like perspective on ahsoka because like ahsoka really feels like the pov character here for the yeah, storyline if i'm not mistaken with... too katie lucas was like really young when she wrote these episodes like 16 or 17 or yeah something. she was 17 years old when she wrote episodes it's insane what yeah insane wow. imagine at 17 your dad's like yeah well, you want to want write an episode and then you get to make some really cool ones and then she was the one behind dark disciple so, so she I fucking mean, created like mm -hmm. the night suit. Like she was, she basically created Daphimir. Yeah. Well, Daphimir has um, been in Star Wars for decades, but she made it what it is in canon now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she like she modernized the Night Sisters in like just mm -hmm. really fascinating ways, and it's like it's thanks to her that Ventress became such a like a uh, complex character, like an even more complex character in the show, for sure. So again, great podcast content, but I dug this out. I've never opened Yo. this. I dug the Ayla Sakura Funko Pop out for this episode. Oh, shit. And then, oh, that is And then cool. Connor tell, hits me with the, yeah, no, I don't love her anymore. So Look, look I'm sorry that Hera, look. look, look Hera is look, cool, but. She's not just cool. She's inspirational as all hell. Like, I know everyone jokes about, like, that one character that, like, they would take a bullet for. I would genuinely take a bullet for Harrison Dole. You want like, to see the one Star Wars uh, character I'd take a bullet for? Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Like that woman could inspire me in battle. Like, yeah, she just could. 
Like, I, I just thought after after your your ramblings that you would pay for the Amy Allen uh, photo op at celebration. That... I mean, I'll, I'll do that too. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, don't just don't tell her I, like I just don't tell her about this episode. I, can, <laughs> I like, contain <laughs> multitudes because otherwise you'll give off like Ross vibes, like in that episode of Friends, like when he when he meets that actress, uh, who who he had on his his list, and he, and she's like, oh, I'm not oh, on this, no. and he's like, oh, oh no. Uh, you were on the list, and then I took you off. Uh, it's laminated. <laughs> I feel like I'm witnessing divorce in real time right now. Like that—that's what this feels like. <laughs> yeah, I, I just found out—I just found out my parents were divorcing. Like Connor telling me that Ailis Sakura is no longer uh, part. I of I feel his, like his, I need to cancel part. my Ailis Sakura Black Series pre-order now, just because it won't have the same energy anymore. And now that I know that Connor's not an Ailis and. I mean, oh, I'm still, still am, I'm still like, ordering Harrison Dula. Yeah, me too, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> but like Harrison Dula is like right there. Like, come on. Yeah. If I had known that, I would have gotten my Harrison Dula Black Series figure out and had it ready for the episode, Connor. You need to tell us these things beforehand. You should have figured from what I tweeted about Rebels. <laughs> I'm not uh, all lie, I know Connor, is when we get to Rebels. To yeah, all I know is when we get to Rebels, it's going to be awful because we're going to have oh, to have God. a 10 minute tangent every episode of Connor we're talking about what Harry did in the episode. We're just not going to let Connor record those episodes. We'll give him <laughs> the wrong just, times. Connor's just not allowed on the Rebels talk. <laughs> we'll be like, all right, Connor, for... we're recording at seven. He'll be like, okay. And then we record at five. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, where are you guys? It's like, oh, oh, we're uh, we're just <laughs> oh, we, we we finished early. My bad. Yeah. Sorry. Did we say seven? We went five a.m. Sorry, my dude. Oh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, this episode. So it starts off again. Uh, full transparency here. We uh, I watched these episodes last week because we were supposed to record last Monday, I think, and then yeah. everything pushed. Uh, so I'm going to be very much relying on my notes. I know Don's got uh, the episodes open right now. I got uh, currently like, no, playing them in the background. We start I off, also I know, watched them a week early. <laughs> that's true. So we start off and uh, we're in the middle of a battle in the Outer Rim. The Republic is very much being outnumbered by the Separatists. And Anakin and Ahsoka are on their way to aid uh, General Ayla Sakura, who this is, I had it in all caps, and in my notes, I said, give Connor a solid five minutes here. We're going to scratch that uh, because my moment of brilliance is now gone. Uh, but uh, I think there, there are a couple things I noticed here in this battle. One, I loved the color scheme that they gave the uh, the B2s in oh, the, the scene. Oh, the flying B2s. Like, their color scheme is just amazing. Uh, the other yeah. thing here... This is where I'm going to turn into Connor for a second. Uh, shout out Jennifer Hale, uh, voicing Ayla Sakura. Yes. Also shout out Jennifer Hale. Hello, French. French um, yeah, that's all I'm yep. going to say is yep. yes. Um, yeah, so before I go any further, it was just so cool to see her and to see her and uh, Commander Bly. And I, I'm just, again, the one thing I love about Clone Wars, and it's it said all the time, is you know how we get to focus on these characters that were in the background of the prequels, and we get to see them more fleshed out. And I, I thought these episodes did a really good job at, at fleshing her out and kind of giving her this like weird mentor relationship with Ahsoka, where she's kind of like snarky with her and she's kind of hard on her at points, but like also like genuinely like sees the good in Ahsoka and and, it, and admires how much she cares for Anakin. 
which I thought was a great theme throughout these episodes. Uh, but the ship they're on begins to explode. Anakin is trying to stop it with the Force, but he is just just caught in the flames and is absolutely knocked that out. That boy got yeeted. I, yeah, I thought he died for a second. I was like, oh, so this is the alternate. Do you imagine if that was how Anakin dies and Palpatine's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> I gotta find I mean, a whole nother apprentice now. Like, I'm doing the Seth MacFarlane uh, robot yeah. chicken version of Palpatine. I gotta find a whole other apprentice now. This is not awesome. <laughs> Stormtrooper. 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 <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Oh my god. I, <laughs> oh. I watched those for the first time the other month. Those are just hilarious. Um, but yeah, Anakin is is badly, badly hurt. They're trying to rendezvous with Yularen's ship. There's a great line. Where I think Yularen was like, our Jedi is always so reckless. And uh, Ayla was like, oh, just the good ones. Which I just, yeah. I love that, that is a, line. That's a factual statement. Also, it like, is, before we, a- like, blow by the battle, I, I just, like, I just saw, like, because it's playing in the background. Anakin uses a, bat- a, a, a super battle droid as, like, a bowling ball to knock down other droids. And I just, I love that move. <laughs> I love just, just the atmosphere uh, of that battle. Of that yeah. Battle. Yeah. Yeah, I the way it's like, 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 like a blue sky. Yeah. Yeah. Because you very rarely see like sky fights in like broad mm-hmm. daylight in Star Wars, which yeah. I thought was a really nice touch. And I, I just, like I said, I loved the look of the, the flying B2s. The battle was really cool. And then the way that it kind of ends of their hyperdrive is, is uh, accidentally put on and they yeah. accidentally shoot it into hyperspace while they're trying to dock with the ship. I thought that was really cool. Like I yeah, was just I like, whoever I wrote pitched in that, my Bravo. notes too in that like uppercase, lowercase, uppercase, lowercase, uppercase, lowercase. Like that's not how hyperspace works. Because <laughs> like exactly, I was literally gonna say this lines up so well with uh, the way we see hyper the hyperspace work in the Last Jedi, and I'm like, I'm it's part of why I'm excited I didn't even about think this. Of that. Because, yeah. like, this episode, like, I swear to God, Rian Johnson watched both of these episodes. I know he watched the Mortis art, but I think he watched these as well, for, like, reasons I'll get into in a bit later I on. I mean, he's a huge Star Wars fan. I can guarantee you he's watched every single episode of Clone Wars. Probably. I mean, espe- like, especially if you're gonna, if you're a huge Star Wars fan and you're taking on, like, such a, a, a huge project as directing episode eight. Like, of course, you're going to go back and you're going to watch all that stuff, uh, at least in Ryan's perspective. JJ, no, uh, but Ryan JJ didn't fucking watch Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> JJ watched A New Hope and that was it. Um, yes. But And then he watched Return of the Jedi and was like, mm, the Ewoks are. St- <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed the, uh, the, the way this was done and the way it just the chaos of this scene. It's like everything, like everything bad that could have possibly happened happened. Anakin gets just completely wrecked, might be dead. Uh, they're trying to dock with a ship to heal him. They get sent into hyperspace because one of the clones, I think, just bonks their head on the hyperdrive. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was just such a like, okay, where are we going with this? Because normally you'd think, okay, so we're going to focus most of this episode on this this battle, and it's like, no, we're going in a completely different direction now. They're stranded, um, and I, I just really liked it. Like I mentioned, we got our first appearance of Commander Bly in these episodes, who then kills her during Order 66. So, pain. Just pain. 
just absolute pain. Every time they show up, like one of the clone generals shows up with their Jedi that they end up gunning down, hurts. It very much hurts. Oh, and then in, in Commander Gree's case, uh, just when he showed up the other week, and I was like, oh, Yoda beheads your ass in Revenge of the Sith. So it's one of the coolest scenes in Revenge of the Sith, but it's now tragic. Oh, it's so it's so tragic now. But it's also it's even worse badass. because it was one of the clones from Ambush too. Yeah, oh. I just I can't yeah, get over no. that. Um, oh, no. But yeah, massive pain. Uh, and another little subtle thing that they point out when Anakin's in the med bay and he's got the the breathing mask over it. When he's hooked up to the tank, you can hear uh, Vader mm-hmm. breathing, and I'm like, "You, dude, that's not subtle." It's like we know yeah. Star Wars is not subtle. With Star Wars shit. is not subtle. They're like, yeah, that's why I like, love it. Like, like here's not. a Vader Easter egg. You like that? You like the Vader Easter egg? <laughs> Get it? Because this here's another right. one. Yeah, but I, I saw it. And I was like, okay, no, that's cool. Like, I like that a lot. Also, the crash landing uh, is so well done. Like, it it feels very like uh exciting and like tense like There's it really a big feels animation improvement in yeah. this episode from what i like the ones before it i feel like yeah especially and like really... compared that yeah. to like how they crashed the twilight crashes on tatooine in the clone wars movie mm-hmm. it feels a little bit yeah. like the ship is so durable there despite being so ramshackle and yet this this um republic cruiser just like pieces are flying off it it's like grinding across the ground it's just like yeah it feels dangerous and like uh, the, the yeah, the element of danger is just like there as well, and I like how they have all those like little scuffs on the character designs as well. It, it really kind of yeah. yeah. shows just, that they like just pulled through this. The real tension that there was of like when they had to when they were about to collide into the star and they had to cut the ship's power so they didn't, and oh, then that. they had to turn it back on. Like that was a really cool scene. I was really vibing with it. So then they crash into. Uh, a Maridun. nearby planet, which was uh, Meridun. Uh, and I-, I-, I point this out a lot in my notes, but I really love the look of this planet. I, I love the look. I love the-, the music that Kevin Kiner uses. The music was so Especially in good. this episode. It's beautiful. It was so like, good. The use of flutes and like other woodwind instruments, mm-hmm. it really gives this kind of tranquil vibe about the planet. And it already kind of instills the idea in you that... that this is a mostly peaceful planet. This is a planet that yep. is removed from the scourge of the Clone Wars, which very... later sets up like uh, the addition of the Lerman, which is yeah. I just like, I love that they use the music as foreshadowing. I just I like love how the... after the hectic opening, it's a, just a very quiet episode. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think it really worked for its favor, and a lot of the aesthetic, like the designs, even the colors they use for Meridun and like the big trees. I kept getting Lion King vibes the whole episode from the Yeah, it really did. Even with the music, which like I was like, I, I really appreciate it. Reminded me of that and then the ancestral plane from Black Panther, which is also just I I just think of the Lion King whenever I see that movie with that scene. Uh but I, I really enjoyed the look of this planet. Uh we see Ahsoka really, really struggling with the concept of having to leave Anakin behind and the the that the fact that her master might not make it through this uh, mission, we it see gets it really worse. Okay. It gets worse. Yeah, it, Just it give it a few worse. years. But we really see this like weigh on her emotionally, and this is like a great 
back and forth, great parallel between Ahsoka and a more seasoned master in Ayla Sakura of someone that has more control of her emotions, but she's really trying to help her out at points. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that and how her her like arc in this in this arc of what she's going through. Uh, yeah, I would love to see more like Ayla and Quinlan relationship stuff because I almost feel like it would be very similar to Anakin's and Ahsoka's. Yeah, Tales you of know, the Jedi season two. Uh, like, we just talked about how Rose we don't want like Kit Fisto and stuff like that, but like, like I would if be you're okay going with that. If you're gonna focus on some, give us Quinlan. Like we deserve yeah. more Quinlan. Yeah, we need more content Quinlan. at this point. Quinlan I, and Ayla Sakura. I just Tales need Ayla Sakura content, man. That's yeah. all I need. In life. I oh, you, 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 you you're not allowed after the, yeah, after, no, after, after the opening. <laughs> I contain multitudes. No, no, no. Go shoot. You have layers. The dude has layers. He's like he's like an onion, like a he's glass. Like an onion. Look, I'm Play sorry. I'm sorry that people on Twilight are some of the like most attractive. Uh, people in Star Wars, like Fact. the man speaks no lies, but yes, you had your chance and you blew it, sir. So this is no. our moment. Yeah, no, <laughs> can you mute him? I also, mute him? Yeah, I also love the. Uh, I also like that it's a um that it, it's the flip side of uh, Ahsoka's dynamic with Luminara because the Luminara, as awesome as she was, mm. she was she was very stern with Ahsoka. She scolded Ahsoka oftentimes for going against the Jedi code, like for showing emotion or being unconventional or abrasive. Whereas Ayla is is a lot more understanding and almost kind of talks like an older like an older sibling or even a, a, an understanding parent. Like when when Ahsoka speaks honestly about her attachment rather than just say oh attachment is forbidden you should you should learn to let go of that and she's like it's nothing to be ashamed of it's a natural thing to like feel those emotions but you have to learn to control them like she, she's very much kind of like an ideal jedi even whilst having to uh participate in in something like the clone wars so it's yeah it's just really good character work and and from like at such a young age it's like katie lucas has got such a keen grasp of character it's it's astounding i wish i had that at 16 or 17 me too <laughs> i'm 22 and i write all the time and i still don't have it so do we know how old uh like ala sakura and quinlan are in like canon or legends because like they always quinlan seem, like, is a year or two older age. than obi-wan okay so obi-wan's like 30 Eight in Revenge of the Sith, so Sakura's got to be in like her mid to late twenties, and she's already a Jedi Master. Like that's kind of like she like she's yeah, moving in canon, up. In the there's world. no um, there's no date, there's no birth date, but in Legends, she was born forty eight BBY. So like, yeah, like late twenties. Okay, cool. Um, there, there's yeah, a Quinlan Voss was the same age as Obi Wan. Okay. Yeah. So like they're fairly 26. close in age then. She's twenty she was twenty six. She's twenty six and she's already a Jedi Master. That's pretty sweet. Uh but Anakin can't even get it. At yeah, Anakin's just like giving her side eyes the whole time. He's, He's like, like you, you not son of a bit. How'd you get how do you get this far? You're bastard. not that much older than me and you're <laughs> you're already a master. It's not this is outrageous. It's, it's outrageous. It's unfair. It's unfair. <laughs> Uh, but there is a we just talked about their dynamic but I, I do love this moment where Ahsoka's just looking at the carving 
And it's like, it seems it, like it's just a big tree. It's like, it seems the people on this planet live near giant trees. And Ayla just goes, very yeah. perceptive, Padawan. I'm like, yeah. that really got a, a laugh out of me. That killed me. I um, love that moment, too, because right before that, they're like, all right, Rex, stay with Anakin. And he's like, of course, I'll take good care of him, sir. And, like, twirls his gun, and it's like, is Rex going to kill him? <laughs> he's he's going to take care of him, yeah. His inhibitor chip yeah. act- activated early. <laughs> he's activated like, a little like, early. So don't worry, General. I'll take care of him. It's like, no, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. <laughs> no, Rex, don't do that. It's like, I thought you said to take care of the general. It's like, why are we describing Rex? a robot chicken skit like right this, now? It's Yeah, this is, uh, we watched the, the bootleg version of this episode, actually. Like, that's what happened. Uh, but I, I also put, okay, so this, this is my karma. I put, I always forget that Ayla's master is Quinlan Voss. Then I said, what an attractive master and apprentice pairing. And then I said, I got to stop simping. So, I need to mute myself from the stream. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cannot blame you, Andrew. Come on, let's be yeah. honest. But it's a list Connor. No, no more. No. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Jake. You lost your chance. Yeah. You did that yourself. There, there. No, no, no. no. You, you did that yourself. Um, but yeah, the trees look really cool. Like I said, they look straight yes. out of the Lion King. Uh, yeah. While they're looking in these trees, we kind of see some. We cut back to Rex, and we see these like rustling in the bushes, and then we see the, this just giant creature just come out of the blue and just start attacking Rex. I thought that they were the same type of creature that uh, Boga was, but I looked it up on Clone War, or on Wikipedia, and there it's it's a different different type. But I yeah, compl- they, I'm blanking on the name. So they kind of look like uh flightless griffins. Like yeah, like the like the griffins Ooh. that you can like fly around in World of Warcraft. They kind of look a lot like flightless versions of those, which is like it's a unique design. They actually and they actually felt quite intimidating. I'll admit. Yeah. Yeah, I especially was... when Rex went into full stormtrooper mode and missed every single one of his shots. It's, 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 he's not using his pistols like he works best with his pistols like Rex in season one he uses he uses the blaster rifles way too much yeah <laughs> which is why he which is why he couldn't hit shit like he he should just be using his pistols yeah uh but the the then a, a pack comes out of the blue of these same creatures and they attack everyone else and they kill uh the clones that were with uh, the two Jedi, except for Bly. So, just a moment of silence for uh, Cameron, Flash, and Lucky that per- uh, perished in this. Uh, that boy's name is Cameron. Cameron. Of course, they had. God. Of course, one of the ones who dies here has to be called Lucky. Like, of course, I know. of course. The real uh, one that was had... Lucky was Bly. He had that plot armor because he had to show up in Revenge of the Sith. Oh no! Uh, but they end up fighting. They like are looking through the map and they end up finding the the village and they find the the locals the lerman and they are very apprehensive about the jedi being here because they came to the planet and they colonized uh meridan because they wanted to find peace from the war and of course they're not liking that a bunch of jedi just showed up with clones they're very apprehensive about their we- uh, their weapons being there and 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 everything, uh, and then this is where Don and I have been getting into. Uh, well, Don's been looking to debate because the the village elder was did not like him that much, and Don. Te- uh, yeah, Taywat Ka. Yeah, Taywat Ka's a bitch. 
Yeah, but like, don't like this him. is the thing. I, I, I'm not necessarily sure I, I like him, but I understand his whole perspective. Like, also, incidentally, the so apparently the Lerman uh, are originally from Maigito, which is yep. just fascinating to see. Yeah, to yeah. see how they like have come from such a different planet. But, but I digress. So, like, Tewat Car is fascinating to me because, like, this is the first time that, like, an otherwise you know, neutral character, like a character that's not that's not an outright villain, uh, has actually turned around and criticized the Jedi. Like, like I, I think it's just such a fascinating idea to literally look at the Jedi, and it's it's a it's a theme that Katie Lucas con is continuing here because, like, she she's already had Ahsoka question the Jedi's uh, no attachments rule, and now here we have uh, Tewat Car questioning the jedi's involvement in the war and like whether they can actually call themselves peacekeepers and it, you know he has kind of a point because like it yeah, does you know wrong. yeah because yeah, like and he does have a point but he's so stupidly stubborn that he's yeah. like you have yeah. to leave as yeah. they're like about to get run over by battle he came here to like... find pace yeah <laughs> this whole arc is a like pretty much a commentary on pacifism and neutrality like during wartime yeah, and I think that is handled fairly well in this mm -hmm. arc. I just even at the end of the next episode, where like he is saved and like they help him and everything, and like <laughs> if the Jedi weren't there, they'd be dead. He's like, I still don't know how I feel oh. about you, Jedi. I'm like, you such like boomer mentality. I'm like, like that's, yeah, really. I'm gonna go so far. That is one of my favorite endings in all of Clone Wars. Like, like I just love love the ending. But I'll I'll get he into that like me, a little bit later. Like I, I said a couple times later in my notes, he gives me old man yelling at cloud energy. Like that's I mean, what he does. It's not not entirely off base really but um like, i do love that there's like shades with him because they could have just made him completely unsympathetic but there's that really interesting conversation that he has with ayla when she stays behind you know as like insurance just in case like the separatists come attacking for all they know like i, I, I just do love like the conversation that it is a different perspective of how a couple episodes ago we saw with uncle ano when the separatists came by and he accepted uh to work with them or to be under their occupation i do like how it's a different form of that in this arc uh and it's not just whereas uncle anna was very clearly manipulated by the separatists because his people were in peril this time he's just like it's because he just doesn't care for the jedi and he thinks that they're going to protect him um but i i, I do like how they went in a different direction there one thing I will say about the Lerman, I might be alone here, guys. They kind of creep me out. Just the <laughs> design and stuff. I fucking love them, man. Get the fuck yeah, like Humanoid-looking lemurs. Uh, it, like it's humanoid lemurs-looking motherfuckers. Like droidicas. That's awesome. I love yes. how they roll. <laughs> yeah. I was it's saying, I, I love how... Uh, his, like, dude, uh, give me a Lego Lerman playable character in Lego Skywalker Saga. Just give I mean, me, like, a Lerman bounty hunter. Imagine seeing this little rat thing roll up on you, and then, like, they're, like, dual-wielding, like... It's like I, Rocket I, I Raccoon. Kept, yeah, yeah. I'm pointing out, I'm like, why does Wagtoe have, like, the sonic spin dash? Like, he just does <laughs> it, like, the whole episode. But he's yeah, the If he just charged up, he'd wipe out battle droids. Around. Uh, but... They send his son Wagto to go uh, with Ahsoka to help out Anakin while Ayla stays with uh, the village. And like, I want someone to make a Sonic edit of Wagto rolling around uh, with just like the Green Hill music playing because I just think that would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, but I do. Is that those I, memes where it's like, doo, 
do 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 yeah. do. It's yeah. so yeah. random as well. Like, can I just add that they are that they have Irish accents? Like, I know there's a lot of like <laughs> yeah. random accents. Yeah, why? It doesn't feel like it completely corresponds with the, with the look because you would almost think that they would have kind of more of like an African, a South, like a like you know a South African kind of accent. Given Probably, the like, look, like, I'm yeah, for it the and then all of a sudden they, they start Irish talking descent. like this, like, oh no, <laughs> yeah. we don't want any Jedi here. We only want pace. Like well, hobby. maybe it's because they colonized the planet and they weren't originally from there, and that's why they don't have like that kind of. Do we know like, how long this group of Lerman have been here? I don't or? think they mention it. I don't they say they, they do. They like, say they I, wanted to avoid the war, so maybe they like it's like recent. But like, like maybe, the, I would think so. Well, we know that Mygito is like is part of like a battleground in the Clone Wars, so like maybe Mygito yeah, like the entirety of the war too. Yeah. yeah, probably after shortly after first Geonosis. Yeah, isn't the Battle of Megiddo the longest battle in the Clone Wars? It's like literally the entire three years. Is it? I think it is. Or it was in Legends or something like that. Damn. I don't know if Kenan's established that, but I think it's it was. Nuts. I mean, it would make sense years. when this was written. Uh, yeah, because they were still going off of a lot of legend stuff for early seasons. For early seasons of Clone Wars, yeah. So that Definitely. would, because I know there there are points where I know with when we were talking about Lair of Grievous, there were points where they I think Dave said he was writing the episode, so it would be its own story, but also like in a way not conflict with Grievous's origin in Legends, mm -hmm. uh, because they were still that was still like a thing at the time. Yeah, because the Disney um, the Disney purchase Disney bio happened. hadn't happened yet. Exactly. Yeah. So, so there was a lot of that kind of like trepidation. Exactly. Um, but like, but before I, we I, move on, like w the thing I was going to say about like Wagtu's conversation about Ala Sakura, like the thing that 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 stays with me the most is like the thing he says to her at the end when he says, "You know, only when you lay down your arms down and pursue a course of nonviolence can you tell me the Jedi are peacekeepers." And that line stays with me because, like, that's bizarrely their intention. Enough, yeah. Ian Johnson pays that off in The Last Jedi with mm -hmm. Luke and, like, the, the culmination of Luke's art because that's what Luke does. Luke proves that the Jedi are peacekeepers because, you know, he's the one to, like, lay down his arm. Not to, not necessarily lay down his arms, but he pursues a course of nonviolence. He I now want an edit of Last Jedi where, like, after when Luke. With the goes, Lerman, like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. No, not even the Lerman, just T-Wat being like, that's yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah, and you just. Have, I want like, an like, edit of dead good lad. I want an edit of after Kylo has all the walkers fire on Luke instead of Luke walking out of the the smoke. It's Tewaka that does. The... <laughs> yeah. Violence breeds violence. <laughs> that's his first line to them. Yeah. It's like, he just says that, that and then disappears back into the smoke. And then Luke comes back out. Looks like what yeah. he said. But I really like, like Don said, Don said, I really enjoyed the uh, the convo that the two of them had. I thought it was a very, very powerful, and it really showed uh, different perspectives of the war. Even though I, I I'm not a Tewat Ka stan by any means, but I, I thought it was a very powerful scene. Uh, we see those creatures show back up uh, as Anakin's kind of regaining consciousness, if I remember correctly. Uh, the one thing I laughed is as these creatures are, are kind of running up, they just have this like shit eating like grin on their face or like, like that's at least how they're designed. And I just found that really funny. Um, but they are, I believe 
Rex takes them out, if I remember correctly. I don't have it in my notes. Yeah, he does. Mm -hmm. okay. He takes at least one of them out. He shoots okay. it in, like, yeah, the shoots. head. Yeah, so they save Anakin. Anakin is then brought back to the Lerman village to be healed by Wagto. And then the episode kind of ends. Ayla and Ahsoka are talking. Uh, they're just looking out into the distance. I love the, like, closing shot of this episode. Of them Same. just looking out and just seeing the the planet. And I just, it's again, so I just love good. the look of Meridun. It's just a great ending shot. So, yeah, overall, this episode I thought was it was it was pretty good. I wouldn't call it, like, stellar. But I, I loved seeing more of Aayla Sakura. I loved the design of the planet and I loved the score. Uh, big Lion King vibes for just the, the look and everything. Um, and then getting to see this being Katie Lucas's first work on the show and knowing that she writes way more episodes down the line and just seeing how she is just following in the footsteps of her father. I really enjoyed that. And honestly, if they bring her back to write an episode of one of the new shows, I would be completely fine with it, but I don't know if she's interested in that or not, but I mean, I enjoy it off the top of my head. I enjoy most of her work. So what did you Same. guys think about this one? I really, really I really liked the episode. I like I said, I I think the thing I love I enjoy the most about it is like the um the way it kind of gently challenges the Jedi's whole ideology and like it it doesn't like it doesn't condemn it, but it also challenges some of the more like uh stuck in their ways aspects and like. But what I also like is that it's not it's not one sided. It's not heavy handed. It it's kind of like uh. A, well, a good comparison would be like Captain America: Civil War, where it pre presents these different sides mm. of an argument, all these these different perspectives. But it doesn't really provide the definitive answer because it wants the audience to kind of engage with the subject matter and just just try and think about like the different perspectives and like the flaws, the pros and cons of each perspective. But yeah, I, I, good episode, really good episode. Yeah, I really like mm -hmm. how it points out like like the flaws of the Jedi of the time. Because, like, a lot of what they're talking about is, like, what the Jedi are supposed to supposed be to what be, they yeah. used to be. But now it's like the Jedi are, like, I swing my glow sword and kill everybody. Yeah. Like, it's fight like, for the Republic who's all fucking corrupt and shit. So, the yeah. whole Clone Wars and the prequels is, like, a direct contradiction of Mace Windu's were peace, uh, pe Keepers of the Peace, not Soldiers yeah. line from Attack of the Clones. If I and then Palpatine said it correctly. Corrupts like, no, Windu to the point of him saying he's too dangerous to be left alive. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like I, I see what you're doing there. I feel Jake. like we don't talk enough about how fucked up the war made Mace. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. Poor dude. <laughs> we don't really. Hopefully, so, we'll see like the, we we'll see the, the comparison like in Tales really of the should. Jedi of just like how. Uh, how much more grounded Mace Windu was before the Clone Wars, and how well, like we see know, from the one shot where Dooku is about to axe the guy, and Mace is like, "Dooku, stand yeah, down." He does. Uh, yeah. He does the. Yeah. Grand, he does the uh, Grand Inquisitor. Just stops <laughs> yeah. the saber. Stand down, third sister. Hello. Um, <laughs> hello. 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 <laughs> but I think we can move on to our second episode. Uh, Defenders of Peace, which was directed by Stuart Lee, uh, Clone Wars regular director. It was written by Bill Canterbury. Katie Lucas only wrote the first episode of this arc. 
The moral of the episode is when surrounded by war, one must eventually choose a side. And that's kind of the theme that we have throughout this episode in a way, because uh, we still see Tewaka like stick to his nonviolent perspective. But when the separatists arrive, they have to make, or the, his people have to make a choice uh, of their, whether they're just going to stand back and have their village and themselves be destroyed, or if they're going to aid the Republic. So the Separatists arrive just straight up at the beginning uh, and Tewaka is like, oh, we're just going to surrender. I'm like, you bitch. Like, just immediately. <laughs> yeah, he was like, like we'd rather know. die than fight. And it's like, why? <laughs> His other people are probably like, are, um, I, I, you're not speaking for us. For all of us. His, yeah. own son, his own son like reacts literally that way. And, and this is the thing about this episode that's also that also makes it really good is because we've we've said about like, you know, how it presents these different perspectives and it doesn't like condemn either side. But then like this episode comes along and it doesn't necessarily isn't condemn Tewakar's pacifism, but it also kind of shows that the tragic inevitability of war is that, you know, that yes there will be people who will respect your pacifism if you choose not to not to take life not to not to pursue a course of violence but there are ultimately those who will not who won't care and we see that when when the separatists arrive because uh tiwat car thinks he can thinks he can just by surrendering then there'll be no consequences and he would well, the thing the mistake he makes is that like general lockdurd <laughs> the separatist oh, in charge does not care he just sees he doesn't see uh, people he doesn't see val the value of human life he just sees like assets to experiment on to further his own gain like there's no there's no compassion there there's just selfishness and greed with this guy he's also not my boy new gunray yeah, yeah. yo fuck but, but, let's talk about my homies hate for, for a second let's I talk love about hate, i love to hate lockdown this is another Boy's installment. Is Dirt. Yeah. Yeah. This Dirt. is another installment of my new favorite segment called This is Definitely a George Lucas character, if I've ever heard of one. You have a fat Nemoidian general voiced by George <laughs> Takai. Like how how that is such that. a George like it's the same thing as I'm gonna get Ron Perlman to voice a Trandoshan junk dealer that just Rips ass. Rips ass every pie. five seconds. <laughs> I'm going to bring in George Takai to be like the biggest, like, slimy Nemoidian general that there is. I am General Lockdurd of the And it's going to be Alliance. George Takai. I'm like, okay, sweet. Thanks, I love, George. I love the, like, uh, debauched laugh he has as this guy like when he hate sees him when he I sees can't the villain goes, him <laughs> ransack this dung heap i was like like i remember watching that as like a 14 year old and being like you bitch <laughs> like i don't like you at all I sir not like like of all the nymoidians i hate you the most <laughs> yeah again but, you know the, when you read brotherhood and they talk about you know, the perception that Nemoinians have in the galaxy. It's like, you know, it wouldn't it's because we keep getting characters like this that represent their people. Not so my boy like, new We get yeah. we get new and, and locked uh, so that's and, and also like that one Lock senator God. who is locked on Dauphine. So Yeah, I don't like this guy. Yeah, fuck um, Lock Dirt. So All he cares about is that promotion. 
Yeah, the I, I immediately... like the reason he was thought up is like I remember Dave Filoni talking in the behind the scenes thing is that they thought locked it up in part because they needed like one off villains to get their asses kicked by the Jedi because they were like you know if Ventress and Grievous keep losing then they're not going to feel threatening at all. <laughs> mm. We need other villains to lose, and they just come up with this guy, and it's like which which I'm 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 glad because I like that Ventress we'll and Grievous. Be, uh... Sulu from uh, Star Trek voicing him. Yeah, and, Dave and then Jordan, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just make sure he voices like a fat Nymoidian. Like I, I always love how slimy those guys are. So the Separatists immediately, just immediately, just ransack the village, take control of the planet, and like Tewakas, like, ah, oh, this is fine. Like they're saving us, they're protecting our people. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like they're they're so he's so in his way, and we even like I said at the end, he's sort of kind of gets off of his high horse at the end, but not fully. And he's yeah. still, like, stuck in his way of we cannot fight. Like, we are that pacifist that we can't even fight back, and if it means that our people die, then so be it. And I'm like, I don't agree with that, but I guess that's just what they were trying to tell with, like, what pacifism means during the yeah. war. But it also yeah. kind of, like, shows the consequence of sometimes being a little too stuck in your ways and it also mm -hmm. kind of like we also kind of see like why the jedi feel they have to fight and i feel like this this doesn't endorse the jedi's world like like perspective the clone wars jedi perspective because we know it's inherently flawed but we we also see like why the jedi are, have to, like in a way have to fight because like if they don't then people people will die and there are people who who do not respect like the what the Jedi's ways or the peaceful ways of the Lerman that, that just want to like just want to further themselves. Like you that's what you get with Locked Erd. He's he solely wants to progress his 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 rank. Like there's that bit where later on where he's like, Oh, <laughs> when the weapon test is complete, I will be promoted to a more hmm, substantial position. And, and like by the way, the droid, the battle droid that reacts to that is one of the most hilarious <laughs> battle droid jokes. <laughs> the droid's just like Okay, right. Oh, <laughs> the droid's like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Beautiful. We get promotions all the time. I have um, that line in my notes, and I just wrote it with so many L's and T's. I'm like, okay, well, right. <laughs> this guy's a weirdo. <laughs> um, but the Jedi, they're, they're looking around the planet, and they eventually do discover a giant Separatist base already on the planet and this new weapon that could... Yeah, how the hell did that get there? I don't know how that got there, but they... Well, they just, like, bloop, like, drop it? They just delivered it right there. It's like, all right, this base already made. This weapon that's gonna... has potential to kill everything, already there. Now, this speech that Lockdurd gives to the battle droids very much hucks... Starkiller base Force Awakens mm. vibes for me. Even the shot that they use of like the droids panning out looked exactly like the shot of the clone troopers on Starkiller base watching his speech. Yeah, um, okay. Maybe the JJ only... watched like thirty seconds. Maybe of clone thirty Wars. seconds. The only difference here is like instead of the like very obvious Nazi esque salute, we have like the droids like going yeah, Roger, Roger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. I love looking at that shot too because they have like two animations and they just repeat them. <laughs> so it's like you I mean, skip over a droid and like two of them are going like this, and then like the other two are going like this, and like that's it. Perfect. That's all I you mean, need. They're robots. Like... They're robots, yeah. so like they can get away with it. Yeah. 
all um, programmed the same. I don't remember what happened here. I think they were on a tree because I said I, I pointed out like I thought it was really, really cool how Bly was saved by Ayla Sakura, but I don't remember what happened. Does anyone she, remember? Um, yeah, Rex he and shoots Bly his thing, were but he trips. Doing... And oh, then yeah. she cuts the vine and, like, Yeah, because they were going to investigate, and then yeah, when like they a... blew up the missile yeah. or whatever it was, yeah, she had to, like, swing down. Like, oh, yeah. It was such a cool scene. Yeah, like, like, imagine Ezra's, like, in the in the world between worlds, and he, and he sees that moment, and he's like, oh... You know, Ahsoka, I could I could just go back and like warn her. Like she really doesn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was so cool. And then just seeing like Anakin beaten up this whole episode. And like how much how much do you think it costs just for like that Anakin having the wrap around his head? Like, See, I was so Anakin. mad because we could have gotten shirtless Anakin if they wanted to fully reanimate the top half of his body but they didn't and instead just put bandages over his clothes and on his forehead yeah he i mean it shirtless was, anakin if look, it was I, live action I, he would almost certainly be hard this episode man like i'm gonna draw that i'm gonna draw that now. i'm gonna draw battle damage with the bandage shirtless anakin from this episode it's canon now lovely uh but this also, weapon is just absolutely like messed up so it's it's designed so like Perfect for the Separatists. All wildlife is, is is damaged and like pretty much destroyed, but droids are not affected at all. So this is like absolutely perfect for the Separatists, and they plan to test it out on the village and just completely disintegrate the Lerman. And Which I'm like, is... okay, this guy is evil. Yeah, this guy it's... is literally evil as hell. This Fucking is what I mean. Him. Like he he does not care. He he doesn't see the cost of these of these lives he just sees like oh yeah look th these people are peaceful so like they're ideal specimens to like test this weapon on i also love like when he contacts count dooku like he says oh i have found a perfect place to test to test my and then dooku just like narrows his eyes and yeah <laughs> i mean our our, <laughs> our new weapon and it also like again we have last jedi vibes here with like the the super weapon that's like mounted on a cannon because you have the miniaturized Death Star tech in uh, on crate. Yeah. I didn't think about that. They just I had to squeeze in a, a Dooku appearance in this. Yeah, yeah. it's like we got to get one recognizable separatist in here. Uh, there is a really when they're like infiltrating the base, there is a really cool shot of Ahsoka like taking out the droids, but you just see her silhouette. Yeah, I had to point, that mm, was and yeah. the fact that the lightsabers have shadows. Yeah, the yeah. lightsabers have shadows. That so was really cool. cool. I, I love such an underrated detail to me. I always forget that. Like it never hits me. And then I think like on Twitter, maybe like two days after I watched the episode, someone specifically pointed out like, oh yeah, lightsabers have shadows. And I'm like, oh wait, that's right. Mm-hmm. Like, I no, love that, that one shot of Ayla like running, just like slicing through the droids. It's very cool. Yeah. Like we never get to see Jedi like stealth take out people, so this was this was neat. This was very new mm -hmm. at the time. So... Jedi meets Assassin's Creed. That yeah, cool. <laughs> there's like that one battle droid. There's those three battle droids in the command center, like, and they're just getting taken off one by one. Like, Re and then Rex is a little too slow, and, <laughs> and the droid's like, "Hey, who are you?" Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I remember, like, when the Clone Wars first came out. I remember reading reviews, and all the reviewers were like so harsh on the battle droid humor, and I'm like. I never got that because I've always loved the battle droid humor. I know it's goofy, but it's like it's it's just, no, I it's age funny. super well. 
Yeah, it works. It works. Mm. Like, especially like some of the stuff that we pointed out in like random arcs. Like, I just think it really like helps bring together, especially more darker episodes of like getting that little bit of light in there. Like when there was the droid humor in Layer of Grievous, like it was a super duper dark episode, but then they had a couple moments of droid humor that were just hilarious to me. Um, I think it was Layer of Grievous. I feel like the show and like. Revenge of the Sith really needed it too because if you didn't yeah. have those, like it would be very. If depressing. they all functioned the way they did, in, like Phantom Menace, when it's like you know they're like bringing fucking like civilians of Naboo to concentration camps, basically, and they're like, Captain, take them to Camp Four. Like if they all sounded like that, they'd be terrifying. Yeah, no, like they they really like made a good call of changing their their voice because i I think it works and then matthew wood is just a the work of art bringing them all to life um i think he should get just as much credit as d bradley baker does at points and you uh, still have like threatening you still have threatening droids as well like you have commando droids commando droids are terrifying Mm -hmm. and you have the super battle droids as well even while fantastic design not the uh, fucking tactical droids. I hate those. No, I hate those bad. They showed up in Jedi Crash, and I got pissed. Yeah. I was like, God this damn it. Like, no, why are you here? <laughs> Sir, all our troops on board will be lost. I don't care. <laughs> Literally. Oh, my God. Like, that. I'm going to just... I don't like them at but all. They've got them. weird midsections. Yeah. Yeah. They all look like they're, like, sticking their chest out. <laughs> don't. I uh, don't like them. Uh, we cut back to the village, and Wagtoe's trying to convince his father that the Separatists are going to come for them, and, and they're bringing this weapon, and he still is like, nope, we're going to die then. I'm like, The look on Wagtoe's are- face when his dad walks away, and he's just like, did my dad just condemn us all to yeah, die? Yeah. <laughs> I don't One of my die. favorite quotes is, is uh, I think this is when Ahsoka's talking with... Um, wag too and he says many others agree with me but we were raised under a very strict code we must respect it even if we don't agree and i'm like gee that sounds familiar sounds like that's also jedi i wonder if like the episode's trying to make a comparison trying to make a i i love the title of this episode by the way defenders of peace like it really means a lot for this Mm. episode in general um but yeah, so the Jedi arrive and Tewaka is still like, nope, we're not leaving. If, if they're going to destroy us, he literally says, if it's our destiny to be destroyed in your way, so be it. Yeah, that was the I, point. That was the point where I was like, nah, nah, dude, you, you you're cracking. Dude. You, you've you've gone too far now. Like, you see that? You see that weapon right there? Like, they're very clearly charging it, so you die. You want to run like away? Very- no. You'll right. die like very violently. No, I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I again, this is where I put he's given off the old man yelling at cloud energy. Uh, so they eventually, I think the Jedi put up like shields to save them. So they fire the weapon and then the shields, which gave me very like Battle of Naboo vibe. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it might be the same type of shield, but like just the, the way it looked and everything, I really enjoyed it. Um, very Phantom Menace-like-esque, like, this whole scene here. Uh, and then uh, the the wag, Wagtoe's finally like, nope, I've had enough. And he, him and a group of, uh, of the Lerman help the Jedi out and take out the droids. 
Then uh, droid takedown when Ahsoka like runs through and just slices all of their heads when they fall down. Great. There's like a it... shot of like two Lerman just like jumping up and down, like banging a droid on the yeah. head with like it's it's the most adorable thing. <laughs> it's just like the, they the just shield generators like... go down, so all the droids are coming there and like, all right, now we're gonna we're gonna uh, yeah. save them. But the dad is still like, nope, I'm pissed. I'm not doing anything. It's like I forbid this. <laughs> like and his son's like, I don't care. I want to live. I noticed like Wacto is still the only one doing like that role thing. I'm like, is he the only one that learned how to do it? It's like a special skill. That's his, that's yeah. the special like healing like healer Lermans can do the role, and then none of the other ones can. They're not they're not cool enough. Uh, but healer Lerman that can throw these hands. Throw these hands exactly. It's like I'll heal, but I'll also hurt. Uh, and then it's a pretty cool scene. Uh, Anakin ends up disabling the weapon. Lockdirt is captured. We get uh, there goes my promotion. By, <laughs> and then he uh, says no. And this is one of the stupidest but funniest lines ever. Help! I'll be defoliated. <laughs> yeah, the way he's just running away too and slowly starts to float up, and his stubby little legs are like, and he just floats there. <laughs> God, Anakin's just like standing there, like you, dude. Oh, this is so. This is a know. very embarrassing oh, time bitch. for you. I hope so you died a horrible you. death. Does yeah. he show up in any other episodes, or is I it don't just so. this? Oh, is that, it. That's it. That's like one scene. Yeah. Like um, also, this this episode was a really good showing for Anakin as well. I got to say, like like in terms of his morality, because like we actually get to see Anakin behave like a mature Jedi uh, mm -hmm. here, as opposed to like you know being the abrasive one under Obi Wan or like another jedi like he actually is the one who's mature enough to say no we're not gonna drag the lerman into our war if they don't want to get involved we we have to respect that because we're not the bad guys and and but then when he sees the weapon he's like well now things are changed now we have to uh now we have to defend them. yeah yeah and there's right. that really cool line where he says to ahsoka there's a difference between dragging innocents into a war and leaving them to extinction which is just like i feel yeah. like that sums yeah. up the moral really and shows kind of why the Jedi have been forced into this conflict. It's really cool seeing Anakin's like wiser side and like even how like so early into the war it's already affecting him so much. Yeah, like, no, definitely. Yeah, I feel like that's almost something I wish Clone Wars had touched on more aggressively than they did was like as a whole how it like if it weren't for the war Anakin would have been entirely different and probably wouldn't have fallen to the dark side but like this whole thing just like it, yeah, it wisened him but it also like kind of traumatized him too yeah yeah definitely and i, I love that i mean one... we see it with the fucking like rape the one the one arc that i think really does him in is the reiko hardeen arc yeah oh yeah Dude. that messes yeah. him up for good yeah like, i wish they touched a bit more on like the tension that that episode caused between yeah. anakin and obi-wan and the council uh yeah the council just, as a whole definitely they did they just like keep working together like after that and it's like pretty much fine but like that really really messed him up like seeing his own master die right in front of him and then having to find out that it was just a plan that he had to get kept out of because they knew his emotions would ruin the uh the mission which is if i heard that i'd be like okay no no i'm leaving you guys sorry fuck all that um, like <laughs> yeah but no i forgot to point out like that one shot in this episode of ahsoka anakin Ayla, Bly, and Rex like going to fight the droids. Such a yeah, cool like the shield shot. Like yeah. it's such a cool shot. It's um, a really cool shot. 
And the whole yeah, battle no. is like really fun as well. It's like really how they have one. to yeah. survive waves of battle droids. It's, yeah, with the waves, that was awesome. It, th- what's cool about it, like this is this is the th- a thing I love about this episode, is that this episode is like a classic Star Wars story, but like done slightly differently because you got these scrappy band of good guys fight in this like overly mechanized, seemingly superior force, and they triumph because of like because of their ingenuity. Whereas like the droids, the droids, much like the Empire, are like just overwhelming force with no ingenuity and yet the jedi because they're resourceful and clever and inventive they get to win which is yeah it's just cool but it also does that whole um uh it does something of a like well it, it's probably one of the clone war stories that is the first to like really delve into like to really feel like a war story because it deals with kind of like the plight of, of innocents who have no part in the war and like yeah it kind of Bring deals civilians with into it yeah it deals because oftentimes the most like the biggest as history kind of tell, set shows like the biggest casualties in war are, are going to be innocent mm-hmm. civilians who want no part of the conflict and this really kind of gives those people a voice in a sense and like you get to see all the conflicting feelings and the different perspectives and it's it's just really neat yeah Thankfully, uh, we didn't get to see any of the Lerman die. Like that would have been kind of heartbreaking. I, I would have but, been traumatized. Like, but as, who knows? Maybe, maybe right after this episode, Dooku just went back down, brought another one of those weapons. Oh, that would just... be such a Dooku thing to do. If yeah. if we if we go back to Maradon for an episode of the Bad Batch, and all the Lerman have been like no. enslaved, no. we just oh, see like God. a severed no. a severed Lerman. Oh, yeah, we'll like the. Like the like the foundations and like the bare bones of like what was left behind everything is just destroyed yeah like they just go there with a soaker and a soaker just like picks up like one of the like uh baskets or hats that they had and just like nope. looks really sad nope <laughs> nope oh. not happening nope yeah. now if nope. i see Tewaka's corpse i'd be all right i'd be like, that'd be oh. fine Ooh, i'd be exactly. like all right <laughs> Dooku probably showed up and Dooku would be like i'm gonna kill you and he was like okay then do it and then he got like you know how like there was that like thing that JJ when he was making the Force Awakens he was like I was gonna put Jar Jar's skeleton in like the Jakku desert but I was like no if oh, I make a Star Wars movie JJ, I'm gonna have I'm, I'm, I'm still sore at JJ Abrams for that comment I, I'm not gonna lie <laughs> I'm, I'm so no, glad he got talked out of that I'm, I'm so, so glad because that would have been like a massive and that and the the him wanting to blow up Coruscant instead of the hospital yeah. system that would I would well when you start the movie. whole first movie with uh, this would begin so to make things, things right. right. Like, no, it won't, bro. You'll <laughs> not gonna lie. If Coruscant did get blown up, that would have been ballsy as fuck, and I would have respected it. Oh, it would have been ballsy. Have. It would have been ballsy, but like at the same but time. But like I'm also at the same time, it. I don't want Coruscant to be destroyed. Well, no, you know, exactly. at that point, like with how prequel hate was at that point, people would have cheered it. But yeah. now, prequel I hate was like at its I peak would, in 2015. Like it, it, it says how like how pronounced prequel hate was that like when I first watched that in cinemas, I was convinced. Like when when Starkiller Base lit up, I was like, "Oh no! Did he just did he just destroy all the prequel planets? Did he like wipe I out?" I thought the he moon? did. I so thought he did. And when I heard like the Hosnian system mentioned, I, I was, was like, like, "So <laughs> really, <laughs> so really." Yeah, I was like, I was like, "No, you better not. You better not." Well, you know why? Um, is because they cut that whole little subplot with Leia and um, uh, Maisie Richardson team. Sellers' character. Yeah, Who's yeah. Right, and that that would have gotten us all attached to Hosni and and the people on it in a way, and then they cut that for some reason. Yeah, I I, I wish they hadn't because that it it's like really Revenge of the Sith. Uh, it was a really good subplot of 
was it ten thousand? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I'm still furious that that's not in the movie. no no reason to cut that out. Like, just no make your movie longer, bro. I hope it's I, I hope that's referenced in Andor. It would have added oh, what? I'm sure, it will be five more minutes to the movie. Like, if that come you on, can man. watch all the deleted scenes on YouTube, and I think it ends up being like five six minutes. Yeah, yeah, I, it should have been in there, but and it would have made the uh, the Padme and Bale watching Palpatine turn into the Empire more powerful because mm-hmm. we would have had those scenes beforehand. All right, right, but yeah, time to get off my high horse here. Uh, as for these episodes, so yeah, so Tewaka, like, kind of at the end, like, lessens his uh, extremism, but also not in a way. He's still like, oh, thank God you were there, but also, I don't really like you, Jedi. I'm like, so this is how we're ending the episode? Nice. Um, so overall, like, again, I liked this episode. I think I liked Jedi Crash a bit more. Uh, I liked the story of pacifism and I loved Ayla Sakura having more of a role, but like, I don't see me eagerly going to rewatch these anytime soon, but I feel like I might be in the minority here. I feel like you guys liked these way more than I did. I used to rewatch these two a fuck ton as a kid. Like for some reason they were like two of my favorite episodes to go back and revisit. I, I really don't know why, to be honest with you. But I did, like, I watched, like, I had, I think it was the DVD of season one, and I would just watch these two, like, constantly. Well, we know why Connor watched these. Constantly. There's a lot of yeah. insight into them, so yeah. they're really good. Don't yeah, try to get us philosophical on us right now, Connor. We know say Ella Sakura, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Ella Sakura is a big, big draw for Connor, for sure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so if I had to pick a favorite for this arc, I would go with Jedi Crash. I just thought that was the more fun episode, but I thought yeah. they were both decent. Yeah, yeah. I I'd say they're pretty even, to be honest with you. I think they're pretty even. I think Jedi Crash just inches it over the line for me because I think the uh, the way the ideologies are handled is perhaps a little more delicate. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like maybe Tiwat Car in the later episode is perhaps a little too extreme. Like if he maybe had mm. a little more nuance, like he does in the earlier episodes, because like he like the way he behaves in this episode, like you would almost think that he he didn't want Anakin anywhere near the village at all, and he would have just wanted them all to clear off. But, like, in that episode, when Ahsoka mentions that Anakin's injured, he softens and he and he shows, like, layers by being like, well, I'm, I can't refuse a call for help. I'm, I'm, I will help you. So, like, mm-hmm. it, it does clash a little bit, but it, it does win it back a little bit for me by the end when they have that really powerful ending of him, him saying, oh, well, perhaps we do owe you thanks, but I still wonder... At what cost? And then you see. I, I think that might just players. be because. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I think that might just be because two different people wrote these episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe Katie Lucas' is. portrayal of Tewaka. Yeah, slight incongruency. Then I feel like Katie Lucas has a lot more sympathy for Tewaka than uh, the other writer did. Definitely. Yeah, I, will, I will agree with you there. Really, really brings it home with like the Star Destroyers pulling in and him looking kind of like um, him looking kind of like sadly at this because like i'll never forget i always thought that was a really happy moment as a kid and rewatching those episodes i was like yeah uh, oh no this is good <laughs> like the republic has found this planet now and this is basically now been drawn into the war irrevocably and not gonna so, like, lie that sort of shot of them going over and it was like them looking up kind of reminded me of uh what sam wrote in um siege of, La- of lasan Ooh. Oh yeah, we gotta plug Siege of Lasan and the whole Starbirds. 
Yeah. We'll we'll do that at the end for sure because you guys have had a lot of SWEF announcements uh, since our last episode. Yeah, yeah, but overall, it was it was a solid arc uh, except for yep. Lockdurd. He can uh, fuck Lockdurd. All yeah, my homies yeah. hate Lockdurd. He, he can be go be defoliated. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no no promotion for you, sir. Uh, so next time we are going to be talking about Trespass, which is the first episode that the Pantorans show up in, which is going to be hype. Uh, but we're not just going to be talking about that one. We're going to do some fun stuff that uh, we're going to figure out, and I think you guys will enjoy the episode. And then after that, we've got Blue Shadow Virus as we're getting closer Blue to Shadow the Virus. Blue Shadow Virus. I'm so hyped for because that is one of the ones that I really do rewatch a lot from this season. Happy so go I think with that my glove shadow. That episode's oh, going to play yes. so different now that we've had COVID. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I, since, I've rewatched it since, and mm-hmm, I'm like, this is a little, yeah. a little on the nose too here. Much. Um, a little too much <laughs> on the nose. But I think that just about does it for our episode here. I hope you enjoyed our D23 coverage and our Clone Wars talks as always. Uh, so, as I just pointed out, the, my three co-hosts right here are, are all a part of uh, Star Wars Editor Fiction, or SWEF. We talk about it a lot on here. It's a group of fan stories coming together. Um, I talked with Austin uh, on our first episode of Galactic Senate Sit-Downs, which I completely forgot to plug. And we went into a lot of like how that came to be in that episode, too. I do but need to you, check that episode out. It's very fun. You uh, do. But, yeah. <laughs> But if you guys uh, just want to talk about some of the new stuff that have been announced, go right ahead. Yeah, um, I'll talk first because I was just on last week uh, the Wayseekers podcast that Austin does with Tom and Chelsea, who are both part of the SWEF stuff. Um, We got to announce um, when some new stories are coming out, um, what some of the future might have we got to talk about all like the writing processes and working together because it's like a really really huge team of writers um and so i'm just gonna say go listen to that i'm not really gonna talk about what we talked about because it was the super fun episode and i want everyone to go watch it um yeah i'm really looking but, yeah. forward to watching that so it's really fun and then super fun. is siege lasan the the one that just came out or uh, is so- that as of well, we are recording now on Monday. So as of today, Monday, which I don't know when this will release, a couple of days from now. So um, Starbirds, which is the culmination of the whole initiative, released. So now all five stories are out. Um, they were done by a lot of really, really great writers, um, and I did the covers for all of them. Um, They're all so yeah. really good, both the yeah, both then- the stories and the covers. I know you guys just announced a Ventress one too, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, Connor, yes. you you're you on that side. Yeah, talk about that one. The, yeah, the writer Katrina Dennis. Um, Katrina um, contacted me about like coming onto the team and writing for SWEF, and I'm like, sure, let me talk to Austin. So I talked to Austin, told him, and then they uh, he contacted Katrina. And uh, she's now on the team, and she's writing a Ventress story called Ventress Golden, and it's coming out November 12th. That's so. so exciting. I am very much looking forward to that. Now that we've talked about SWEF, I think we can sign out of here. So where can the good people find you? Uh, Twitter, at Depa Banana. Um, 
Nerd Academy podcast where I also talk Star Wars, specifically uh, Knights of the Nerd Republic. We haven't had an episode in a while because of just life stuff. We're hoping to have, we're hoping to get back to it. We're hoping to get Christina Ariel on. Like, I'm just going to say that right now. We're hoping to get her on Knights of the Nerd Republic because it probably will happen at some point. Um, get her on here, too. <laughs> okay. That would be incredible. Just for I, the record. Yeah. I'll do it. I got it. I want to talk it. to Christina. She's I, awesome. I got the connection. I'll do it. Get your connections. Get them. Um, uh, where else? Oh, SWEF. I have a story coming out. The Hidden Kyber. It's set shortly after the events of Fallen Order, and it stars Seer Junda and Cal Kestis. Yeah, that's it. That's all Perfect. I can say about that story. All right. Don, where can the people find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Donovan Mead, where I tweet a bunch of things, like tweet about Star Wars primarily, also politics, like some Marvel stuff. Uh, and you can also find me, uh, like with Connor and Jake, uh, as a writer uh, on SWEditorIG.com slash fiction. Like I've, uh, I wrote Scars of War, came out a few months ago, uh, and uh, I've got some other stories coming down the pipeline as well, which is very okay. exciting. And uh, this guy right here. Yeah, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at JediJakeDouble underscore. Um, I tweet about pretty much the same things as like Don, like Star Wars, sometimes politics. Um, sometimes I talk about Marvel, but not really lately because none of it's been catching my interest. But um, I work at star wars editor fiction i do writing i have a comic coming out next month i have a short story coming out in january and a novel coming out in no not november february and then more stuff later but we'll talk about that later this um, man's booked yeah yeah <laughs> you can yeah. also find him screaming about the volume on twitter as well um <laughs> hey, i've been pretty mild about it lately i thought the kenobi <laughs> stuff looked really good they just you know yeah had really shitty cinematography yep and you can follow me on instagram twitter tiktok and twitch at starlight andrew uh you can subscribe to the new for the republic youtube channel which you are watching us in glory you can also find us wherever you can get your podcasts Check out the first episode of Galactic Senate sit-downs with Austin. We're going to be doing that once a month. Uh, I'm excited to share some of the guests I have booked very soon. Uh, and then you can follow the podcast on Twitter at ForTheRepubPod and on Instagram at ForTheRepublicPod. So join us next time. And until then, may the force be with you always. Always.